Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Cuba. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Liprocubricalist. Today is ah, Internet Day. Combining the best of Fridays and Internets. Jesus Christ, it's a goddamn good idea. Whoever came up with it should probably win the Nobel Peace Prize. Wait a second, it was me. Thank you for my prize. Um, appreciate it. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. However, I don't say that on internet days because I don't feel that it really makes sense to say that I'm going to spoil things from the internet. However, I also do say what I just said, which in itself is a sort of spoiler warning. When you really boil it down, boil it down until there's no liquid left. And that's just what you'll find. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes, as that is what helps others find the podcast. Went into a little accent on the end of that sentence, as for some reason I like to do, and find it difficult not to do. In fact, that will of course take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor. Looks like I have two sponsors today. That kind of makes sense in this case, just because, once again, I believe this is two in a row and one of many, where my internet day goodiness has forced me, because of said goodness, to spread the wealth around and create for you, the listener, a what I do believe will be a longer than normal episode. I cannot help myself. There's too many good things on the internet for me to jam into one episode, so I gotta kinda spread out a bit, yeah. Like your balls when you sit down and they sort of spread out and get comfortable. Very, very similar to that. Today's double sponsor is Nuka Cola Quantum Delicious, as well as the Frosty Peggy Ice Cream Treat Cornetto. So today's sponsor is both a drink and a treat. The drink being Nuka Cola Quantum, the treat being... The Coronetto, the delicious Frosty Peggy Treat. The fact that I am spreading this out like a ball sack when you sit down should, per- should perhaps move away from that uh, analogy. Anyways, uh, I feel like I have uh, a little bit extra time. I probably don't. It is probably a false sense of security. However, I'm going to, I guess, take advantage of this feeling and give you a little behind-the-scenes action, as I do from time to time. The -the behind-the-scenes action is that, despite the fact that it is internet day within the liberal cube, in the actual, real, existing world, it is only goddamn Wednesday. Hump day, some people 
refer to it. <sighs> Day. I like to call it thusly. Why is this happening? Well, let me explain. And uh, it's for no other reason than because this is Rock Internet Day, because this is a podcast that would not exist without the internet, I thought, hey, why not just throw this out and see kind of what is happening behind the scenes a little bit? Because I find it interesting on podcasts when others do it, so why not do it myself? Huh? That was a question. Answer me. Oh, I've just realized that this is a one-way only conversation, so whatever you said at that point was not heard by me. Apologies. Monday morning, I recorded a Movie Monday episode. On my drive home Monday, I recorded a TV Tuesday episode. Wait, I've already fucked this up. Oh, Jesus. Uh, That's another thing about podcasts I listen to. I suppose the possibility exists that they fuck up more often than I hear and edit it out, but quite often. In fact, I'll even go so far as to say very often, they'll just leave in their fucking upness and um, make fun of themselves, as I am sort of doing here. Uh, thusly again. It's two thuslies in one episode. Will I have three? Wait and find him. I had Monday off. Yeah. I, over the course of the year, have 15 holiday days, and rather than waste them all sort of in a row, which is to me just ridiculous, I will spread them out. Spread them out in such a manner, scientifically even, where over the course of the year, I never work more than two solid weeks in a row without a vacation day. And by that I mean I never have more than two five-day work weeks in a row over the course of this entire 2013. Takes some uh, thinking and figuring and quite a bit of work, but it is goddamn worth it, let me tell you. So with that in mind, uh, it meant I only had a four-day work week with which to record uh, four podcasts, which is, although possible, is a lot of work. So what I did was recorded on Tuesday, huh? This is where I screwed up the first day. Recorded on Tuesday on my drive in a Movie Monday episode. On my drive home Tuesday, recorded a TV Tuesday episode. On my drive in today, recorded a Book a Wednesday episode. And on my drive home today, recording the first of what I think potentially will be a three-part Ah, internet day. No Thur Video Games Day this week, which, while I am saying that sentence, why don't I just mention that that is because I am working my way through, and it is not work, it is a goddamn pleasure, working my way through Grand Theft Auto V, which will be in my next Thur Video Games Day, probably not next week, but the week after. If I had to guess, I'm like 20-something percent through, according to the game. <laughs> it says I'm 20-some-odd percent through 100% completion, which I don't know if I'm going to aim for. Well, I was aimed for it. I don't know if I'll actually do it. Mm, yeah, I'll get into that on our video games day. Save that for another day. So that, my friends, is just a little what's going on podcast-wise, and my sort of train of thought when it comes to that sort of thing. 
Was that the most boring thing you have ever listened to on this podcast called the Lackadaisical Liberal Kimberlist? I don't know. I don't know. What would help me discern whether that is a true or false statement would be if you were to tweet at me, I am Jordan underscore Maywood, or perhaps even email me to the address provided in the closing credits. I would love to hear from you, regardless of what you want to talk about. Just to know that you are listening is lovely enough. Lovely. I should, and am going to, jump in to the Fry Internets right now with our first item up for bids. No, it's not up for bids. Don't know why I said that. It is a Vsauce, because within the Liberal Cube, we love, love spreading a little Vsauce on our talks. Mm -hmm. Vsauce is a YouTube channel. Actually, it is broken up into, I do believe, four different YouTube channels. Um, I, for the most part, or sorry, three, I think it's broken up into. I usually only watch Vsauce 1, or the OG the original, and uh, Vsauce 2, I haven't sort of got into 3, because I'm waiting for a video to pop out at me that tickles my fancy, and uh, I guess it hasn't happened yet. Anyways, this one is pulling me in with its title, as they quite often do, which I do believe is the idea that Michael over there has planned, which is, let's come up with a title that will that people will read and think, Jesus Christ, I have to know what the answer to this question is. And then, potentially, they go from there. That's how I like to think they come up with these videos, is I want a title that when you read, you have to know the answer to this question. And then, from that point, go look for the answer. That's a thought that I like. The title of this one is Who Owns the Moon? Who Owns the Moon? Crazy. Short answer, nobody. <laughs> End of talk. End of discussion. Yeah, um, there's sort of a, as he described it, a space treaty. And this is kind of a little mind-boggly that most, the majority of countries on this planet have signed this treaty. That once you sort of leave the atmosphere of the planet, uh, everything's kind of fair game. There's no laws in place currently that could keep me from moving up to the moon and setting up shop. Now, there's a few other things that would keep me from doing that, but there's no laws saying I couldn't do that. Uh, on that same sort of thought, there's no laws saying that once I've set up shop on the moon, that uh, someone could come along and kick me out and take over my spot on the moon. There's no law saying anyone could do that as well. So it's all sort of piratey, and I, I like that thought. Space pirates? Come on. That's a little Firefly-like reminiscent E. Some of the things that sort of came up in this talk is the idea that there are companies that exist today, uh, mostly, I assume, on the internet where you can go and purchase sort of a section of the moon, or purchase asteroids. Now, the people selling these asteroids do not have any legal right to sell them. However, you know, you do get a little piece of paper, a certificate or some such, saying, yes, I now own this piece of this 
asteroid, or I own this asteroid, or some such. There was even an example that Michael gave of a guy who did a thing such as this, and owned an asteroid, and then, uh, I think it was NASA, pretty sure it was NASA, had a probe park on this asteroid that he owned. So the guy, <laughs> I goddamn love this. I, I want to meet this guy and just be his best friend. The guy sent NASA a bill for parking on his asteroid. Basically a parking ticket for parking on an asteroid that he owned. NASA, if you can believe it, has refused to pay this bill. And it was the, the funniest thing, too, for me of that story, is that it wasn't, oh, NASA, you owe me a million dollars for parking on my asteroid. It was like, oh, NASA, you owe me $23.75 for parking on my asteroid. I uh, love, 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 love stuff like that. Uh, I think that will leave Vsauce behind just because Michael, as he does, will pick this sort of question, who owns the moon, and then veer off into a multitude of different scenarios that may not, may or may not have anything to do with the original question. So, what I'm going to do is uh, leave it up to you to go over there and check it out. Uh, I think what potentially might be a good idea as well is that uh, I will let you know the first Vsauce that I ever watched that sort of made me a lifelong fan and a lover of this, let's just call it a series of videos, and the reason that I will check them out every single one they ever put up once a week or so. So uh, it was one titled... Uh, oh shit, I forget what it was titled. <laughs> really built it up, but now can't remember the title. Anyways, it was it was Vsauce, the color yellow. Uh, that one was along the lines of... It was about the color yellow. <laughs> Let me just leave it at that, because I've already fucked myself up a little bit on that one. Do I have time for... Okay, let's, uh, I'm gonna fit one more in before I get home, although I'm running out of time a little bit. It is something called Clueless Gamer with Mr. Conan O'Brien. Now these, I do believe, actually appear on his television show, which would fall under the TV Tuesday category, so why am I bringing it back on a Friday internet day? Uh, because for several reasons, uh, one of them being that I think they put up extended versions, potentially, possibly, maybe, on the internet. Uh, that and the fact that I am, technically, again, watching these on YouTube, on the internet, on my computer, so that's fair. And because it's my podcast, I can jam shit in wherever the hell I please. Yeah, take that, Pudanis. Oh boy. In this particular Clueless Gamer, uh, which is a series of videos in which Conan O'Brien, who has no idea of basically anything video game related, including how to play them, will play a video game. Uh, because he is funny, this is amusing. If he was not funny, I could see this would be goddamn annoying and frustrating watching people do this activity. The game in question, as you can imagine, is a game that is on everyone's lips right now, mine included, and that is Grand Theft Auto F5. He, uh, I guess they started out right from the beginning because he did some of the missions that I've already done that were right near the beginning, including one in which you're uh, chasing a boat uh, that is being pulled by a truck. Yeah, so a boat 
on a hitch is being pulled down the highway, you're chasing it, and the guy in the car beside you has got to jump onto the boat and then fight people while you're firing at the people on the boat, and then you have to save him from falling off and killing himself and, and stuff like that. Action goddamn packed. Conan's uh, cohort in these videos is quite often one of the writers on the show, who I should write down his name, but did not. Shit. Anyways, very, very funny as well, just sort of interacting with Conan. He's a bit of a gamer, or apparently a gamer, and at some points he would be holding, Conan would be holding the controller, but if you've ever held a PlayStation or Xbox controller and have not done so before, you might find it difficult to be able to reach some of the buttons on said controller at the same time as other buttons. So Conan was doing some of the work while this guy would push some of the buttons. So it was sort of a, how many members of the Conan O'Brien television show does it take to play Grand Theft Auto? Two. Two of them. Folks, I had more to say on that, but uh, I'm at home. So that means I'm not going to, unless I go inside and talk to myself. But I don't think I'm going to do that, because I'll probably have some dinner. Since it's, you know, dinner time. Oh boy, we did it though. I will be back for more talk of Front Internet Day related things. What I'll do right now is push this little button right here that says transition, which will transition into my drive into work tomorrow. Hey, how about that? That will leave one final thing to say, which is, of course, oh my god. Love you, Jerry's. Transition. Hello again. Welcome back to this extended ha, Internet Day episode. For you, it has been seconds. For me, it has been many, many hours since we last spoke. So, hopefully, I know where I left off. Mm, I don't, but smart guy that I am. Uh, it looks like I put a little note here where I left off. A little, you left off here type note. Yay. Yay that fact. Mm. So, without further preamble, I'm going to jump right back in because we have a lot to cover today and not a huge amount of time to cover it. My first item of the day, for me, is uh, a little something called Study Hall. Study Hall with Max Scoville, Max Scoville of Revision 3, the website slash YouTube channel, which uh, in general I highly recommend you check out and have brought back a fair amount of content from them, brought back to Lubricube just because it fits so, so well, and I like it so, so much. One of my favorites of theirs is actually this. Max Scoville will take a video game or a video game series and then give you sort of other medias within that same sort of vein and point out that sort of if you like this video game, you will possibly potentially like this movie, like this book, like this comic book, things of that nature. So it kind of has a little feel of this podcast just in the sense that we... And that's the podcast we, like the royal we, 
will delve into many different forms of media, and that is just what he does there, despite the fact that Revision 3 is a sort of video game-related pop YouTube channel entity. So it's nice, I bet, for him to sort of branch out a little bit and talk about things other than video games. And uh, it's nice for me to hear things other than video games 100% of the time come out of these guys, because uh, I, I imagine it would get a little boring, a little repetitive for them. It's, it's good. It's good. Uh, I think I maybe have brought back one of these before. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. However, this one in particular, definitely, I had to bring back. There was no choice. No choice at all. If I had uh, somehow been hit on the head with uh, a coconut and lost the ability to talk, I would have to type this one out and have someone say these words for me, because the video game series in question of this particular study hall was the Fallout series, which is Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas are my top two sharing first place of my favorite video games of all time. So, uh, yeah, there you go. The end. No, no, no. Let's uh, let's see what Mr. Scoville had to recommend. And I'll have a few recommendations of my own, why don't I? Just on that sort of Fallout note, and them being my favorite games of all time, I think it is a combination of a few things, and that is probably, first and foremost, I think, is that it has a sense of humor about itself. And although there are serious moments, and quite often serious decisions to make within the game, there's always kind of a lightheartedness. this is just a game. No, I don't want to say it like that, but not taking itself too seriously is important in the video game world, I do believe, because it can get a little heavy and a little less fun. I'm playing these to escape from reality and have fun, so... I suppose there's something to be said to have a serious time and like watching a documentary or a serious film, but uh, I think that's more the exception than the rule in the video game world, for me anyway. One man's opinion, as usual. Another thing is that these games lend themselves very, very well to playing while watching movies or television. I mention quite often that uh, I'm never really doing one or the other. I'll be playing video games on my TV while having, say, a movie play on my laptop beside me and sort of doing both at the same time. Or playing a PC game, potentially, and uh, have a movie going on the big screen. I, I feel like if I'm not doing both at the same time, I'm wasting, I'm wasting my life away. <laughs> so just cramming in as much media consumption as humanly possible. And uh, this style of game lends itself very well to that. Just that when big sort of, this is what I think it is, when big sort of sweeping story points come along, it's not a surprise, and you kind of know it's going to happen, so you can pause your movie, <laughs> listen to what is being said to move the story along. Uh, and then there's the fact that these games also lend themselves very well to multiple playthroughs. So when I'm on my second or third playthrough of these games, which I have done more than that, you don't really need to pay attention to people talking because you sort of know the story. It's more the searching and finding, and I have my platinum trophies in both games. I have collected every single hat and weapon 
that can possibly be collected and displayed them proudly in my home, which combined probably played the games close to, if I had to guess, maybe nearing the 500 hour mark. <laughs> yeah, a lot of time and fun went into those games. And another thing about them is they sort of call to me. Like lately I've been having the call that I want to go back and replay Fallout 3. I will at some point, maybe in the lull between me having a PS3 and buying a PS4, which I'm going to kind of wait a little bit. If not too many games are coming out for the PS3, which will happen eventually, I'll probably dust one of those off and play it again. That's my thought. Uh, lastly, what really pulls me in as well is that these are post-apocalyptic in their theme and story, and something about post-apocalyptic stuff in general always very, very much appeals to me. I don't know why that is. It's come up on the podcast quite a number of times. For example, my favorite book, or two of my favorite books, are The Stand by Stephen King, as well as one called Swan Song by Robert, uh, I always get his last name wrong, McCannon, McMahonin something of that nature, and they are both set in a post-apocalyptic world, and both share very, very much close sort of story ties for a lot of the points. My two favorite video games, post-apocalyptic, um, TV shows, there's not really much in the way of that. There's one called Jeremiah, I believe it is, which I haven't yet watched, but have my eye on, and I think it's on Netflix now. Some of the things that... Birds! Get out of the way, birds! Fucking birds! Jesus Christ. Birds were just eating a possum. That was pretty gross. Right in the middle of the road. I was going 80. Had to slow down to 50 fairly quickly. Because they were not getting out of the way. We had a deal. <sighs> That's enough bird talk. So, uh, Max Scoville recommended some things. I will tell you what he recommended. The Mad Max series, which I loved. Beyond the Thunderdome, for me, is the best of the series, because it is, I do believe, the weirdest. And I like a good, weird, post-apocalyptic movie. Hey, hitting all my like buttons there. Uh, another one he mentioned is called A Boy and His Dog, which has a telepathic dog that speaks to its owner. Its owner played by Don Johnson. I have seen it. It's probably not a movie too many people have seen, so it was interesting to see Mr. Scoville bring it up. I like it. Uh, another one... That's sort of in that same vein of movies I have seen that I don't think many people have. There's one called Six String Samurai, in which there is a samurai who may or may not be Buddy Holly. And, you know, there's that. Uh, one he pointed out that I have not seen is called Zardoz. This movie is made fun of relentlessly for the fact that Sean Connery is wearing sort of a diaper kind of contraption. You probably know the one I'm talking about. For a comic book, he spoke of one called Hex, as in Jonah Hex, in which there was a movie Jonah Hex, and, uh, and I liked it. I don't think it did very well. But uh, apparently in this sort of iteration of the comic book, Jonah Hex, who is from Cowboy Times, let's just call them Cowboy Times, is transported to the post-apocalypse. So I like that, taking a character from Cowboy Times and <laughs> transporting him to... Uh, the distant future and what would sort of happen surrounding that. That sounded very interesting. Uh, apparently, and this sort of blew me away, at one point within this comic book series, Jonah Hex, in the post-apocalyptic world, fights Batman. What? 
that, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. So I think that is a good spot as any to leave Study Hall Fallout Edition with Max Scoville behind, other than just to say, go, go have a boo. He's got a whole bunch of these in this series, and uh, they're all very, very good. Okay, next, I have an item that I know I have brought back from time to time, especially when the guests of this item are appealing to me. In this case, they were very much so. Why don't I just say the goddamn title and stop teasing it? It doesn't make sense to tease something I'm about to talk about seconds from now, does it? I don't think it does. Why am I drawing it out? I'm an idiot. Idiots. I'm, of course, talking about Nerdist All-Stars Celebrity Bowling. Nerdist, the brainchild of Mr. Chris Hardwick, who has come up in one form of or the other on every single Internet Day episode, with the exception of once that I don't remember why he did. Chris Hardwick, friend of the podcast, although he does not know it exists, one of the I don't want to say the main, but definitely one of the reasons I decided to do this podcast. Something he says he gets asked a lot is, how do I get into stand-up, as he is a podcaster, but perhaps first and foremost a standing-up comedian, as Jimmy Pardo would say. And his answer is always, just go do it. Don't ask how to go about doing it. Literally, just get up on stage and tell jokes and see how you do. So, with that sort of in mind, uh, that's what I did with the podcast, just went out and did it, without knowing how to do it at all, or too much of a plan, other than my daily themes, uh, just went out and did it, and haven't looked back. Well, I have looked back, but looked back fondly in this 190th or 89th episode that I am recording now. I've had very, very much fun, so some of my thanks that I would spread around would definitely go to Mr. Chris Hardwick, so... There you go. All-Star Celebrity Bowling is where he and folks, folks who usually work for the Nerdist Corporation, uh, will bowl against celebrities as all-star ones. In this case, it was celebrities from the Cornetto Trilogy. Cornetto Trilogy, you may not know what that means, but because <clears throat> it's not sort of widely publicized, but the movie Shaun of the Dead, the movie... Oh, shit, what's the middle one called? The movie that just came out, um, This is the End, and Hot Fuzz are what comprise the Cornetto trilogy. They are all eh, interconnected in that it's the same actors and writers, but their stories, I suppose, could exist in the same world. Yeah, but uh, most people, myself included until a couple of years ago, didn't really know that the Cornetto trilogy actually exists, just sort of thought that this was a group of movies that these folks make. I didn't know there was a name for it. Cornetto, if you don't know, is a sort of ice cream treat. It looks like, in Canada, we have something called a drumstick, and uh, they look very, very similar to that, but they are available, I guess, only over in jolly old England. So, with that in mind, they had Edgar Wright, who is one of the creators and writers of this trilogy, as well as Nick Frost, star of these movies, along with Simon Pegg, also star of these movies. I believe Edgar, Nick, and Simon are all creators, writers, directors of these things, all very, very heavily involved. 
And because they needed a fourth, they, of course, got Steve Jones. Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols. <laughs> yeah. You need you need someone to bowl with you? Do, 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 do. Hello? Is this Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols? Do you want to go to America and bowl with um, Chris Hardwick? Uh, sure. Sure I do. That was the worst impression of Steve Jones you will ever hear. Thank you for that. Bowling for Team Nerdist was, of course, Chris Hardwick, who the man, the myth, the legend, sort of behind the scenes because his father was a professional bowler, has chosen... Uh, he always gets made fun of for that. <laughs> father, professional bowler, sort of grew up in a bowling alley. So obviously he's going to pick bowling as his sport to play against celebrities. Duh. With him is his co-hosts of the podcast, Mr. Matt Myra and Jonah Ray, along with his girlfriend, Chloe Dykstra. Uh, Chloe and Chris were dressed as Sean from Sean of the Dead. Chloe Dykstra, the female version of Sean of Sean of the Dead, looking pretty, 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 pretty. They joked around about how Matt Myra is like the Americanized version of Nick Frost, which uh, I think they lost an opportunity here that they didn't do was to put up a picture of Nick Frost and Matt Myra sort of side by each doing the same pose or some such, because they do kind of have very similar looks about them, that kind of lovable bloke, big teddy bear kind of feel to them. Well, not that I felt them, but I imagine if you did feel them, get your feel on, that's uh, what you'd experience. Wow, that was weird. <laughs> uh, Edgar Wright had a very interesting bowling style. They called him the gentleman bowler, as he would sort of come up very sort of sedately to the line, uh, throw his ball as if any sort of force behind it would not be gentleman-like. His ball would then trickle down leisurely to the pins and <laughs> quite often surprisingly, knock them all over. <laughs> so uh, I like that. You don't always have to throw it super, super hard. You can just, you know, take your time. Be a little lackadaisical huh, about it, if you will. Chris Hardwick threw a tantrum. <laughs> Grabbed a bunch of bowling balls and said, I'm taking my balls and going home. That was good. <laughs> Another thing that tickled me was that I think it happened more than once that they would call Simon Pegg Sulu. <laughs> if you are unaware, which I hope you are not, Simon Pegg, Pegg, Simon Pegg plays uh, Scotty in the remakes of the Star Trek series, which, if you've listened to many of these podcasts, you will know I'm a bit of a fan of the Star Treks. So, uh, very, very much like that. Uh, yeah, Sulu. Surprisingly... Uh, yeah, I think it is surprisingly, because bowling is not a huge, huge thing over in uh, England, as opposed to where it is in, say, the States, perhaps specifically the Middle States. Team Cornetto won. Smoked them. They had the highest score in all-star celebrity bowling history, I do believe, at 546 to Team Hardwick's 498, which means... Regardless of how you do, you win money that goes towards the charity of your choice. However, uh, they won more money than they would have if they had a loss. Yeah, that's how that works. 
I want to leave this behind before I go in and do eight hours of work with my absolute favorite part of this video, and that was Nick Frost doing a little bit where, oh god, where he pretended that he had just walked through a cobweb. <laughs> this is a bit that me just saying that is making me laugh and difficult not to laugh, but probably does not sound funny, but is goddamn one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> so folks, that will end for now. I will be back in eight hours and uh, we'll chat a little bit more about a little bit more things. Why don't we? Back in a moment. Hmm. Yes, working. Working hard for the weekend. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Again. Oh, the rare. The rare and difficult to find hello again again. That's two agains. Does not happen very often. It's like a blue moon. You know that saying, once in a blue moon? Apparently, every once in a while, the moon turns blue. Google it. It's a thing. I should, perhaps, hop right back in, as I do, with our next Hawk Internet Day item, because I would not mind, if at all possible, to wrap this up before I get home. You know, not to have to rush like a maniac. Or like a chicken with its head. Oh, no, wait, yeah. I forgot. We decided that, and again, this is the podcast, we, we decided that a rooster with its head chopped off would be uh, more sort of frenetic than a chicken with its head chopped off. So I've decided to change that saying. I will go crazy like a rooster with its head chopped off. Okay? Okay, now I totally forgot what I was saying. Went into a bit, of, a bit of a chicken rooster chopping off heads rabbit hole. <laughs> there are all sorts of animals involved in this one. And I should just stop talking and move on to a podcast. Talking about a podcast on a podcast, it's allowed. Especially, especially on a fraught internet day. The podcast in question is a little one by the name of Comedy Bang Bang, formerly, formerly, I think it was called Comedy Death Ray? Why do I think that? It was called something else when I started listening to it, and they changed the name for unspecified reasons. If you are unfamiliar with this podcast, I feel very, very sorry for you, because it is for me, for my bang, for my buck the funniest podcast that is out there. And by that, I just mean in terms of the podcast that has consistently made me laugh the hardest is this one. Probably my favorite ones are any involving Cake Boss. Cake Boss. However, this one, I believe, had a guest that we have not had before in the form of Alan Thicke. Has he been on before? I don't remember. Anyways, let me give you a little behind-the-scenes action, just in case you are unfamiliar with this phenomenon. Company Bang Bang, hosted by Scott Ackerman, will follow a formula usually, but not always, in that he will have a guest come on in the form of a real, actual, factual, living person. In this case, Amy Poehler, 
from Parks and Recreation and other things and being incredibly funny from that. And sometimes, as in this case, he will have a co-host in this time in the form of a Mr. Neil Campbell, standing up comedian and funny writer and funny man and, well, podcast co-host, I suppose, yeah. And then to round it off, what he would do, where the giantest of laughs quite often come in for me, is he will have, as I describe it, and possibly they have described it, but probably not, because they stay in character, and that is a fake guest. A fake guest. That is a guest who is an actual real person, although this actual real person will be doing a character pretending to be someone else. In this case, it was someone, and fuck, I just remember, I just have realized that I forgot to write down who it was, uh, as I normally do. Someone pretending to be Alan Thicke, sort of doing... <laughs> Alan Thicke is not a person that you would imagine anyone would do an impersonation of. But, uh, yeah, someone did. Someone did, and stayed in character for an hour and change, and some of the shit that came up over the course of this podcast, interview, playing of games thing... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about them. Just things like, uh, I don't know, off the top of my head, that he, every time he's ever been to the Emmys, it's because he has snuck, <laughs> he snuck into them. Mm -hmm. Never been invited, but he snuck in a bunch of times, so that's something. The fact that he is Canadian, which is a true fact, if you are unaware, uh, but he pointed out that there is actually only 1,000 people living in Canada. Huh, that's a little-known fact. Being in Canada, the fact that I am driving home from work and seeing probably thousands of cars, it's pretty mind-boggling that the entire population of Canada is within all of these cars right now, but if Alan Thicke says it's true, it must be true. Something I find sort of amazing about this podcast, although I guess it's not true in this case, just in the sense that I think, and this is not 100%, that this was Alan Thicke's first adventure on the podcast, is that when you have recurring characters, such as Cake Boss, for example, Cake Boss, they'll have to remember these sort of elaborate backstories that they've created and seem to be able to do so with a pretty regular frequency that is impressive. Amy Poehler spoke a little bit about the Emmys. I didn't... Uh, actually, no. This year, I probably watched a total of 10 to 15 minutes of the Emmys, which is probably, if I had to guess, the most Emmy viewing I have done in ever. <laughs> if I had to guess. It's just not something that appeals to me. Uh... There are funny bits on it, and quite often, what I've done in recent years is, if you go on YouTube, you can find edited bits of just funny highlights of these award shows, that's, and, and that's kind of, for me, that's all I need. That, combined with a list of who won what, uh, that's fine with me. They, that's what the Emmy should be, a list of who won, and then just a whole bunch of funny shit involving the people who won. Ooh, I like that idea. So, uh, how about this? For what all award shows should be, mm, just period. And I'm going to just say the word patent, which means no one can steal this. I'm uh, pretty sure that's a law. 
I want the nominees to come out, say, a week before, and that already happens. And the way that we find out who won is whoever appears in these funny videos, these comedic videos, those are the winners of each individual category. Huh? Huh? What do you think of that idea? I think I'm pretty in love with it, and hence the patent. So, you know what? Waving the patent. I am waving the patent. I want this idea for all, for all to have and steal and use. I'm just sort of that kind of magnet, <laughs> magnanimous sort of person. That's a word that I don't say very often, so I had to take two takes at it. Magnanimous, mm, indeed. I believe Amy Poehler did win some such for Parks and Rec, so that's nice, because it is one of two shows that I watch that are currently on TV. I don't have too many. It's Doctor Who, uh, Parks and Rec, Modern Family, and I think that's it. Although, potentially, and this is a little tease for my upcoming TV Tuesday, I think, I'm uh, going to add that new S.H.I.E.L.D. show because I've been hearing good things, and it's obviously a sort of subject matter that's right up my alley. <laughs> Amy Poehler is goddamn quick, on the button, oozing funny at the drop of a hat. Those are things I want to say about her, which I suppose is not surprising, because she comes from an improv background, and being a sort of crazy listener of podcasts, like, that's what I do at work, basically all day, is listen to podcasts, and a lot of these people are from improv backgrounds. And I think you can tell. You can quite often tell. Because they are just so quick on their feet that it makes me jealous. And that's sort of the bottom liningness of my feelings. Is jealousy over their quickness. And desire to be as quick. Potentially this 190 some odd podcast I have done. Where I have just talked. <laughs> has given me some quickness more than someone who has not done it. Potentially, potentially. For example, when asked if, <laughs> asked by host Scott Ackerman if she could, uh, that sort of classic question of you're stranded on a desert island, you can have one song and one song only, what song would it be? No hesitation whatsoever. Monster Mash! <laughs> Which to me is uh, just ridiculous enough that I love that answer. After thinking, I thought also sort of along the same lines, what would be a funny answer? And uh, after me thinking about it, not at a drop of a hat like Miss Amy Poehler, I thought a funny answer too would be uh, Tiny Tim's Tiptoe Through the Tulips. <laughs> because that is a song that, after listening to once, is potentially going to drive you insane. So if you have that song and that song only, Insanity is inevitable. Ooh. Folks, hey, every once in a while, I will say something while talking on this podcast that immediately I will think, oh man, that's going to be a pretty goddamn good title for this episode. Right now, I do believe Insanity is Inevitable is going to be the goddamn title of this episode. You heard it here. It doesn't happen often, so... I like it when it does. They will play games on this podcast. Um, my favorite one is Would You Rather. However, they didn't play this time, so it's always a little disappointing. 
Although they did play one which is one of my faves as well, as as well, mm-hmm. as well, called Freestyle Rap Battle, <laughs> which is exactly what you think it is. It's a rap battle that is in the freestyle form, where uh, Engineer Cody will freeze momentarily when asked what topic they should rap about, but then will eventually say something. In this time, it was butter. <laughs> Oh, God. See, you can tell why I like this one so much. <laughs> one of my favorite things is Scott, the host, is... To me, I don't think he's that bad at it. Everyone else says he's bad at it. But I, I guess he does kind of always start, always start the same way, which... Uh, see, like, I'm having trouble talking about this podcast because it makes me laugh just thinking about it, which is a good thing. Uh, he always starts out with, My name's Rapping Scott, and I'm here to say... It's fun to rap in a butter way. <laughs> so whatever the topic is, it'll just take out and interchange. And that's how he always starts. And it always gets a laugh out of me. <sighs> okay, well, that's, uh, I suppose, enough comedy bang-bang love. I don't know how entertaining it is to hear me speaking of it, but it is entertaining for me to talk about it. So, you know, because this podcast is done between 50 and 99% because I like doing it, that's good for me. I don't do it 100% because I like doing it, because if that were the case, I would just talk to myself and not record it. I don't do it less so because I feel that would be sort of, it would sort of come across. The other reasons being, of course, that I want people to listen and I want uh, this to, you know, get popular and maybe one day turn into a thing. You know, a thing that people listen to and enjoy and spread around, like a venereal disease of some sort. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Folks, uh, I think that's a good note. That's as good a note as any to end this on. Uh, I did have one more item, and I think I may have even teased it. Did I? Uh, I can't remember if I did. So, whatever. Whatever. I had fun with this one, as I have had fun on just about every hot internet day and every day, be it movie, Monday, TV, Tuesday, book, Wednesday, or video games day, always having fun. It's that sort of eternal search for shits and or giggles that I am on, that I am hoping you will join me on as well on. That will end on this program on why... Have I done that to myself on <laughs> caught in a loop? I just I should just pull the plug on this episode. It is nice to be nice to the nice on. I can't help myself on. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubiculorist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood.